What's going on, guys? Welcome back to my show and your show. I freaking love these double podcasts. I'm so excited to have you guys back on slash be on your podcast. It's been too long. How are you guys doing? Super great. We're super, super stoked to be talking to you too. Always Jordan, Jordan oh, Lips nice. Fitness. I think this is um, round five for us. Is it? Mm -hmm. We've been on each other's podcast just as like a solo excursion. <laughs> and then this will be like our very third double podcast. Look at us multitasking. Seriously. <laughs> I had to steal you guys before you had your own podcast and now it feels selfish. So we're going to spread the love. Yes. Anybody have any ambiguous, cool life slash work slash life updates before we jump into today? Oh, gosh. Just coming down off of a intense Instagram war uh, in the Kim Kardashian sphere. That's basically. Yeah. Here's some of the life advice for you. Be careful what you say about Kim Kardashian. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I don't know. I didn't. Did I? I saw your post. Uh, I liked it. It was awesome. I think I reposted it. What was you guys got? You got you got some a tornado what happened well we're misogynists apparently <laughs> because we didn't do a reel on matthew mcconaughey or oh. christian bale oh yeah well well i mean it was in our attempt to uh shine a light on on her rapid weight loss mm -hmm. the the claim she made about losing 16 pounds in three weeks we wanted to talk about that in case anybody any woman listening to that or seeing that started to feel ashamed or started beating herself up or not being able to achieve that same kind of result, right? Or going to extreme measures, which we know can be super disordered and cause a lot of problems physically and mentally and emotionally, right? But um, yeah, I mean, anytime, I guess you have an opinion, you can't control the consequences, right? So people were, a few people looked at that and thought that it was a, a, an example of women shaming other women, which I, from my, from my heart, didn't really have that intention. Um, but you know, you can't, you can't please everyone. It's so interesting. Was it, was it kind of like a, well, if you, if you're going to say this about her, then you should say it about these other men as well. Sort of argument. There were probably about a handful of comments, but one of them, it was, yes. Like the misogynist one came from the fact that like, like Christian Bale and the machinist and sure. Um, totally different scenario, by the way. Matthew McConaughey in the Dallas Buyers Club had both had extreme weight loss for a movie role and that I was totally excluding them and how, you know, unhealthy that was, but instead targeting Kim Kardashian. Right. Yeah. By the way, not not good, not good arguments, by the way. Those are not apples to apples comparisons. Very different between uh, somebody getting into a character for a role to play something in a movie than, than this. I mean, you could you could make a philosophical argument that she is a character in a movie, in her own life is a movie. Like, um, but I think both Christian Bale and Matthew Conaghy have, did, did not do what she did. You are not, it's almost, and I'm not hopefully going on my own soapbox here, but you're not, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like, you're not, I'm not mad at Kim for what she did. I'm mad for her for the portrayal of her, like how she's portraying what she did. I don't think Christian Bale and Matthew McConaughey came out and after the movie were like, look how awesome it is what I did. And you know, yeah. this is what I did. And I'm so proud of this, the extremity of what I did. I, I don't think that the, I'm not, you could do whatever the fuck you want, Kim Kardashian, I don't care. Um, it is how you came about like just a very laissez-faire nonchalant as if this is no big deal and not knowing that, you know, so many young, that how impressionable young people are yeah. for specifically for you. It's not as terrible apples to apples. It's not apples to apples comparison. Yeah. And like Nat was saying earlier, it's like, we're right on the eve of prom dress season, a lot of summer weddings. And it's like that women do feel that pressure a ton. One of the biggest reasons 
reasons women want to lose weight is to feel better in their clothes, quote unquote. Right. And you see a lot of inspirational reels about like, Hey, why don't you just buy clothes that fit you instead of trying to fit yourself into this, into this, whatever set of expectations. Yeah. And even in this like clickbait generation, like how many of us wouldn't like love to like lose 16 pounds in three weeks? I mean, I'd be up for it. Right. I exactly kind of how that reel was born. I was like, well, what would that really take? What would that really look like if that was something that you would really want to actively pursue? Yeah. And from a scientific standpoint, that was what we were hoping to share. Like, this is not realistic. 300 calories a day is definitely not something that most people can manage or should they. But at the same time, they came off as like targeting her. And this was something that was important to her. And how could we diminish that and et cetera, et cetera. And so, well, it's kind of interesting that this is even coming up because it is a little bit of a microcosm of the things that we wanted to talk about, right? Of like, what are your expectations? And are you paying attention to how the process feels, right? Because she admittedly felt like shit for three weeks to get this extreme you know, whatever, result. whatever result she really did get is up for debate, right? But at the same time, it does contribute to the wacky expectations that a lot of people, women especially have in fitness. Yeah. And that's the basis of our chat today. And I, I find, I feel like every time we come together, <laughs> expectations is something that we talk about a lot and it is becoming more and more clear that it's like what goes on in your head is by far the most important thing just in everything I, the more i go to therapy and work on myself and my mental health the more i realize like what's going on in my head is like my experience of of life is all happening wow. inside my head and so when we're looking at like expectations and stuff and it can be a predisposition or, or a pre not prerequisite, but like a, a, a predictor of, you know, what the outcome will be is like, if your expectations are super high and don't understand what certain things entail and what they cost. And I'll bet that person's going to be less overall, less successful getting there anyway, you know? Absolutely. And we love to think that like our view of reality is so, um, is is real is grounded in reality not realizing that we all have a default network based on our subconscious beliefs and our brain filters out reality and only gives us evidence that confirms those beliefs so if your belief is i'm i'll never be good enough um i i'm i need to be fixed whatever it is you that's the evidence that you're going to find so no matter what weight you get or what quote unquote result you get you may not be able to see it clearly right because your expectations are based on the lens you value these results through mm -hmm. like if you believe that ultimate leanness means xyz then that is the lens you see ultimate leanness through yeah absolutely so so let's talk about end end game let's talk about like when you i'm going to paint try and paint a scenario that can be a jumping off point but let's say you get a, a you have a coaching you have a client or you're, you're doing a, co a coaching uh call with somebody for the first time and you're asking them kind of what their end goal might be like hey, what do you want to get out of this what is your what does success mean to you something along those lines and they're trying to paint a picture of like where they'd like this all to end up and it's something probably where some combination of being in a body you enjoy with a lifestyle you enjoy and sometimes we'll get some sort of rhetoric of like you know the ideal scenario is i'm, I'm not overweight anymore i've lost the weight that i want to lose but i also don't have to do any of this like you know, dieting or self-monitoring or tracking, you know, I'd like to get to a point where I like my body aesthetically, but don't have to do this work tracking. It will use tracking as like a proxy for trying, um, to, to keep it, you know, like lots of people, myself, yourself, when we talk about our lives as people who are like in the fitness space, we talk about having done some of this stuff for a very long time, tracking and having some form of self-monitoring and working out and counting your steps or whatever it is. And some people are like, yeah, I hear you guys do that, but I wanna to get to a point where I don't do any of that. And so, you know, I think both you and I would at least raise one little eyebrow of, 
okay, maybe that is a bit of a utopia, you know, maybe that's like a bit of this, like doesn't actually exist. Does this, does this place of, and I think it does exist technically speaking, but you know, it, it does this place of like, I can have the body of my dreams and also not really try and have to do the things that I did to get it, to keep it and just ride off into the sunset like that. How might we have that discussion about expectations with this person? Well, I think first of all, we'll start from the basis of kind of what we're talking about, the lens you value, value things from. It's like, well, let's just say, for instance, like you believe that weight loss equals confidence. It's a pretty standard reason why people want to lose weight. They want to feel more confident. But the confidence that you you accumulate from weight loss or whatever goal you've met or whatever doesn't equal no effort. Like I think people are like, oh, my confidence must equal no effort required of me any longer because I am confident now. Mm -hmm. But just like your confidence was based on your weight loss, your confidence is also gonna be based on how much you maintain of this. But I think they believe that like, oh, I'm confident now. So that must mean that I've made it to this pinnacle or this point where I no longer have to feel bad about my body. So therefore it should not require any effort of me any longer. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? It does, it totally makes sense. Well, and it's, it's a funny thing because we kind of need a balance of like, if, if we take, expectations as just like your goal you're 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 thinking about your result we take maybe the entitlement aspect of it we just we're just thinking of like if i put in this work i can get this result like that 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 a little bit of that helps right like that can help that can be very motivational but we also need to have another focus of being present and what are you doing right now actually like earlier when we were talking about this i looked up the definition of expectations and and um process and expectations is you know is the results right but the process is all of the steps that you take to get there and when we're so hell-bent and so focused on the result we ignore the process we ignore how we feel we and and a lot of times when we're doing that ignoring and suppressing we can treat ourselves really really harshly like i don't give a crap how i feel for three weeks because i only want this result well how sustainable is that right the only thing that kept her you know the thing that kept her going besides not wanting to disappoint everybody was like the donuts and the pizza party right but that's obviously not going that's not a balanced uh approach whereas if we are weight loss doesn't work like you go drop it off at the post office and it never comes back right so if you but if you the process is hideous to you then of course you're going to fantasize about not having to do the process anymore yeah i think that the, there's a misconception that you arrive at a place that that is a destination and that that the, like you said the process is what matters like the process is just always happening the process of you changing improving your health whether that's losing weight or getting on a workout routine that is one process but there's a process of maintaining that as well that is also a process yes. there's never a destination now you could say that the destination is to get to a, pl a point where this all feels easier or sustainable or you've built some core habits and oh cool that that's cool but that is you're using the word destination now to encompass still having to do the work and i think that there's uh, misconception that you arrive at a place that you, you two or me are at a place where it's in complete and utter cruise control and not saying that that doesn't exist. What I would say really quickly is if it does exist, if there's a place where someone is like, I, I am, I have it all. I don't track it's intuitive. Um, you know, everything I do is intuitive going to the gym. I feel great all the time. If that exists, it is in such a ridiculous minority that we should just for conversational purposes, assume that it doesn't exist. I think I thought about myself as for for as an example of like what are some of the things that I do that that or are there things that I do that still are a lot of work and a lot of it was 
a lot of it was uh, doesn't feel like a lot of work for me right now, but there is still stuff that I'm doing. It's it's not like it's like tracking for me doesn't feel like a lot of work. Going to the gym doesn't feel like a lot of work, you know, prioritizing Whole Foods or, you know, going and, you know, being able to enjoy an, a meal out in a good headspace doesn't feel like a lot of work, but it took a lot of work to get there. And yes. it's still something I have to do just because it's not feeling like a lot of work doesn't mean it's not stuff I still have to do. And so I think that there's like a misconception that it's this destination where I'll track for long enough until this becomes intuitive. And eventually this working out thing will be easy and I'll never have to really try anymore or ever use the scale again. And some of those things are possible, but I just it's this misconception that it's a, that there is a destination and that sounds like super cliche. It's like always a journey, whatever, but it's just another chapter and hopefully things do get easier and you find a sustainable life for you, but it is sure as shit, not some destination where you don't try anymore. Totally. Well, I think about, I mean, remember when we were kids and our parents used to pay for our vacations, mm -hmm. right? Like you didn't have as many, you didn't have any skin in the game. So you just went you could complain about it. You could be like, <laughs> man, this flight's taking forever. I don't want to eat there you know, car rides, whatever, 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 right? And now like when you're adulting and you think about like where you wanna go and what your destinations and you realize like, oh, there's a lot and I have to buy into the process. I've gotta save money. I've gotta make a plan. I've gotta like book flights. I've gotta like figure out where I wanna stay. And it's like, if, if, if it seems easy to you to just get there, like you, all you're doing is focusing on the end destination. Of course, everything in the, in the middle is gonna suck, mm -hmm. right? Like those vacations were easy because we didn't have to think about anything, right? It's like, you believe that like weight loss or muscle you know, growth or whatever aesthetic result you're hoping for at the very end is like the payoff and that's it. But there's a lot that's required. You might have to come back and like pay off your credit card bills, or you might have to like do more work at work because you have to make up for the time you lost. Like the, everything costs something like nowhere in our world has there ever been like, I want to spend as much money as I, as I want. And I'm not, I don't want to have it affect my bank account. Like all of these results and all of this, like whether it's keeping the goal, getting to the goal, what I want to do, what I'm not willing to do. It's like, if you don't, if it sucks, you're not going to want to do it. So if mm -hmm. you think tracking is awful and it's like the worst thing you've ever did and arguably like, why didn't you like it? Cause it got you the result that you wanted, or like, it's going to help you maintain the result. Then sure. Like if you have a negative idea around tracking, you're never going to want to do it. But then you also have to like tie in your results with that too. Like if I don't want to track, then I've got to be okay with whatever not tracking gets me. hundred percent. Absolutely. Well, and I think there's a, I mean, there's a, a few different things I feel like that can contribute to this sort of misunderstanding. I think that definitely there's a lot on Instagram that makes it seem, you know, the people that have it all right. That aren't, that don't show. And even now I feel like there's um, a lot of times there's sort of faux vulnerability as well. <laughs> Right. Of like, here's my, here's my perfect, what do they call it? Body checking. Like, here's my perfect body, but like, mm, my tummy comes out too. Right. As opposed to, as opposed to being honest about how, like, yeah, you can be at whatever, whatever level, but if you're really, truly trying and here we, you're talking about all this effort, like, like that effort is also stuff you get to be proud of, right? Like if there's no investment, then what are you even proud of, right? So they, the two really do go together. Like everybody struggles, whether they admit it or not, right? So let's just take that as a given. There is no place, like you said, Jordan, there is no place that you get to where, where if, where the only way to avoid judgment or shame or bad feelings is <laughs> not to be all Socrates said, but also he said, <laughs> <laughs> or one of those guys said the only way to avoid that stuff is to do nothing, say nothing, be nothing. That's the only way to avoid negative emotions. But then you also don't get any positive ones either. I think if you 
if you go to the confidence thing, if that's somebody, if your goal is to end this whole game more confident, you could say that there's some amount of confidence that independently you think comes from being leaner, let's say. Uh, but you're 100 percent right. If if it, uh, if your goal is to be more confident, then there has to be something that you've overcome. I mean, that's usually where the the majority of the confidence comes from. Yes. You you could say that uh, I'm more confident because there's some like you know I look in the mirror, I like what I see, and I fit my clothes better. And there's there's like things that might just be not have to do with the work, but there is a big chunk of that confidence that's coming from having overcome something. Um, without yes. a doubt, the stuff that you're most confidence, the stuff that you're most you feel the most proud of in your life almost certainly is a one-to-one ratio with how hard you worked on it or how hard it was for you and you overcame it. And so totally agree with that. Well, absolutely. Like you, what you were saying before, I mean, I'm, I'm up to my eyeballs in therapy as well. And it's understanding yourself, knowing how to support yourself, knowing to have your own back when those like gremlins of doubt and insecurity come up, knowing how to get yourself through that, that is the hallmark of confidence is having your back when the chips are down because no amount of achievements or positive emotions are going to make the negative ones go away. So if you abandon yourself when you feel bad and just beat yourself up, you'll never be exact. You'll never be, you know, and then when, in order to motivate yourself, you double down on perfectionism or fixing or whatever. Like, I mean, that's a cycle that feeds on itself. Right. And then the feelings will be back and you'll be like, I sh- you should be gone. I thought you were gone. I thought I fixed you. Right. And it just, the cycle just continues. I'm going to, I'm going to do a quick rant on the expectation of how easy this all should be. I say this, let's just say it's, uh, a goal of improving aesthetics. Let's say, um, let's say that that's what we're talking about in terms of it. Um, let's be straight up here. When we have some, when I think of somebody who's like, Hey, I want this goal, but I also, you know, have this expectation of it not being so hard and that I can maintain it with it being easy. Like we have a lot we can talk about from a psychology perspective with that. But if we just look at the straight up facts, like, Today's food environment, the, the the kind of food environment that we live in right now, it is not intuitive for you to maintain a certain level of leanness. And like the, the intuitive eating is not a tool to remain lean. It's a tool maybe to live a very happy, healthy mental life as well, 100%, without a doubt. But there's a reason intuitive eating has nothing to do with like being aesthetic. And I'm not putting being aesthetic up on a pedestal as more important than the mental health. It's totally not. Um, Absolutely. But if we are talking about having it all, then there is the aesthetic component as well. And if you want to do intuitive eating, every good intuitive eating coach worth their salt is going to disconnect that from the pursuit of aesthetics. And so today's food environment, we've never had more readily accessible, highly palatable, high calorie, low satiety. You know, we can use the word processed. It's thrown in there. Let's say highly processed foods. It's never been less intuitive to maintain a lean body. It's not a million years ago, dude, where you're fucking hunting and gathering berries and meat and shit. Like it's not intuitive for you. And when I say not intuitive, I mean, if you want to remain lean with, you know, if you want to remain whatever your your end goal is, it's going to take some level of work. It will not be intuitive. Now, can it become easier over time? Totally, but it takes a long time. And yes. frankly, it's not at that point when you can begin enjoying it, when it becomes intuitive. Like you can enjoy the part where it's hard. You can enjoy, I'm not saying that that's easy, but like it'll get better over time. It's not intuitive for you to be lean and aesthetic in, in 2022. And I promise we're not trending in a more intuitive direction. If you want things like, uh, in leanness and intuitive eating, I'm not saying they're just 100% running in opposite directions. They're not. It's not like if you go an intuitive eating route, you will just into oblivion, continue to gain weight and never get any sort of aesthetic benefit from that. Totally, it's fine. But they're not the same. And so if your goal is, hey, I'd like to get to a, a spot where I look like this, 
And I want to get to a spot where I don't think about anything anymore. Like that, that place just 99.9% .9 of the time doesn't exist. And so there's going to take some element of trying. And it, again, it, you, somebody, one of you guys mentioned it, it also has to do with like the ambitiousness of your goal. Like mm -hmm. your goal is to be like, you're like, Hey, I really want to, you know, see a, see a delt muscle or some bullshit, I, whatever it is. Um, I'm not looking down on that. It's totally fine. We all care about aesthetics, but more ambitious your goal, the more you're going to have to try If you're like, Hey, I want to be a generally healthy individual and I want to live a good high quality, uh, like quality of life from a good health span. You, you can probably just do that relatively intuitively, but before you doing it relatively intuitively, you've probably have spent some time being a little bit less intuitive, a little bit more intentional to gain the skills and the education and the yes. knowledge. And so I just, I don't know, it's just not in, it's just, if you're trying, if you have a more ambitious goal, it will be less intuitive. End of story. Oh, for sure. Because the more specific the result you want, the more specific your intentions have to be. Yes. It's like, in, to your point about the hunter gatherers, it's like back then it was like, oh, cool. So wild boar again, <laughs> right? Like, well, I not mean, to mention we have, have, we have this idea that cavemen were like ripped, but they starved half the year. So they were probably like super stringy and, you know, right. Right. Like, it's like, you're not having to forage for the same five things every single yeah, day. Now, totally. arguably, if you were eating the same five things a day that got you lean, you could continue eating those same five things and should probably maintain a level of leanness based on those five things. But once your point, we live in a very highly palatable, palatable, delicious environment, yeah. not so intuitive. Well, seriously, and I, I love how you broke that down. And it's, you know, if we consider the thoughts we think are, we think in patterns, right? We're reinforcing neural pathways when we rethink the same, the same thoughts and practice the same beliefs over and over, not unlike repping out a set at the gym to build a muscle, right? So what beliefs are you practicing along the way in your journey, right? Are you practicing, I hate this so much, I can't wait till I don't have to do this shit anymore. I will feel so much better there. I hate this. Look at you, you messed it up again. Oh, you screwed it up. Oh, why does everybody else get to have this, but not me? What what beliefs are you practicing? Because that there is no future result that will feel better than this moment right now. So it's about understanding what the beliefs are that are driving you and that's not that easy. <laughs> Building self-awareness takes time and practice. And when you go, when you uncover some of those beliefs, it takes practice to change, right? And it takes and building the skill of self-support is the way to build confidence. It has absolutely nothing to do with your abs or your glutes. Let's say you want to lose weight and you want to maintain that weight. That's like one of your goals. And then the second goal is, well, I also want to maintain that without trying very hard. There was a, a recent ish within the last couple of years, massive, massive systematic review of like all these systematic review or meta analyses. Um, one of those two, I think it was meta analysis. Was it peer reviewed? hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, was it Lane, periodized? Lane did, it. <laughs> did it anaerobic? <laughs> um, uh, and they looked at a, a, the reason the study was so cool is just it, pooled together so many studies on weight loss and was looking at like, okay, so they took, a, how I don't know the exact markers, but a certain percentage of body weight maintained over a certain period of time, that was the constraint. And they looked at all these weight loss studies and then they looked at what were the similarities. And the main similarity was some form of self-monitoring. And so that can be a number of different things. It doesn't need to be tracking your calories to a T, but it's, it's something. It, and I can almost translate self-monitoring to effort. 
Like it's just yeah. some form of effort. And it is the yeah. number one most correlated with some form of effort, whether that's weighing yourself periodically. There were a couple of things that were, there's weighing yourself periodically. There was tracking your nutrition. There was tracking any single macro tracking, literally just track something is something we talk about. But like, <laughs> this was a clear indication that in today's food environment, uh, that some form of intentional effort, uh, you could say self-monitoring effort. You, hey, you're yes. maintaining your weight loss. How are you doing that? The answer will be something that you are trying to do. Well, not be like, oh, I just wake up in the morning and fucking float on and this is the easiest thing ever. It's I try, I track my my calories. I try and eat a large portion of vegetables and protein at every meal. I try and have every meal have a fruit or a vegetable with it. I have a plant and a protein at every, like their answer to how you are maintaining your weight will be something that you're doing that takes effort all the time, period, end of story. Or attention, yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, and to combine both of that, it's like we have to remember that effort is an action. It's not a thought. Like I think a lot of times people think like, oh, I'm, I'm thinking about working out. Where are my results? I'm thinking about macros all day long. I'm obsessing about it, thinking, 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 but they're not actually doing. And there's this expectation that there's some like result on the end of it, but it's like your thoughts actually, you know, create actions, which then therefore create results. But like you can't just think about it all day long and then just like hope for the best. I mean, you can, but mm -hmm. you'd be really severely disappointed on the other end, especially if there's expectations about it. And I think that's the tricky thing about maintenance. And I feel like maintenance has kind of gotten like a bad rap because people are getting into, they're excited about reversing the maintenance, they get into maintenance. And then they have this idea that like, nothing's ever going to change here. But if you inherently change here in maintenance, uh, like if your habits change, then why would you not? Like everyone's like, why am I gaining weight in maintenance? It's like, well, you're not in maintenance then if you are gaining weight in maintenance, you're in a low-key surplus. I'm like, well, I'm I'm eating really well. You know, I'm like roughly tracking. I it's like, okay, but all those things, like without a specific intention, it's it's like, yeah, sure. So maybe you're not, you know, I think I think people think like, well, I'm not eating 3,500 calories over. So why did it go up a pound? It's like, okay, well, we've got like, obviously like carb retention, water weight, more food in your stomach, all the things, right? But at the same time, it's like, if you are in maintenance, which gets, can get really flexible sometimes and you're in the upper end of it and you're just doing like, even just like 30 calories more a day, mm -hmm. 20 more calories a day, one day you have maybe 150. It's like that all accumulates. And then yes, you might get to a point where you're like, why am I up six pounds for my deficit? Like, I think there's this, this idea that like I'm in maintenance and I'm loosely doing it, it shouldn't change at all. Well, right, exactly. And to your point about the more specific your expectation, the more specific your behavior is, What what is your expectation? Because if your expectation, if you're being loose in maintenance, then you've gotta be loose with the scale. And that's okay. It's all based on what you want and what the feeling is. Like you were saying, not putting aesthetics up on a, on a pedestal, but if the aesthetics are important to you, then what is the investment you are willing, prepared, able to make into it? And I feel like, you know, one of the main reasons that we get people in our coaching program is they, they say, I need help with accountability. And I don't think accountability means what you think it means. <laughs> like Accountability, like noticing like, oh, this is the expectation I have, but this is my investment. And there's a big gap there, right? So let's take the judgment out of it and, and, and just get curious about it instead. Like, how can I narrow that gap? How can I do that in the easiest way possible, the most fun way possible? Or, or is this investment just too high for this period of time? How can I support myself in other ways, right? That goals that feel more manageable. I find that the expectation, the accountability thing is funny because you know that you know that in the end, your presence will still matter, that you as the coach, just so that you exist, will be some form of external accountability, but at the same time that like, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah accountability, totally. But like, you are you know you're not gonna be like, following them around, slapping food out of their hands. But you know that you, there is, it is cool that like, even just your existence, 
just the fact that you exist, that they're paying you, that that is some form of accountability. I totally agree with you though, 100%. I, my, yeah. I'm the first person who will say, I'm the first person, and I've made many posts on this, who technically speaking, the stuff that you do to lose weight, you don't have to do forever all the way. Now that is, you could clip that sound bite and it would be out of context, not a helpful comment. Um, you don't have to do all the things you did in your deficit at maintenance. That doesn't mean that you don't have to do some of those things you were doing in a deficit at maintenance. I have a client who, when she wants to lose weight, she loses weight. She tracks her calories, she calorie cycles, even on the weekends when she goes out, she has a very robust social life and she's, you know, as on top of it as you could be having a robust social life. And she successfully loses weight every time we cut. Every time we stop cutting, she goes into a surplus. She goes back to being flexible. And this happened a few times when she was like, "Ugh, every time I go to maintenance, I gain weight. And it's like, no, every time you stop doing all the things you were doing, and I, I'm not advocating you need to do every single thing to a T that you were doing. But my point is you go, you are going from all in to all out. And, and actually a cool thing that has happened in our coaching is we've gotten to the point where she's chosen that as a path to continue. And so we're like, oh. we're like, we're at a point where she's like, you know, I'm like, listen, if you don't, you have a very robust social life. I, anybody who lives your life is just more likely to gain weight. You go out a ton. You guys have a ton of fun. You drink, you guys go to, she has like 22 weddings this year or something crazy like that. Oh and it's gosh. like, I'm like, I don't know 22 people who I don't have never, I won't go to 22 weddings in my lifetime. And so, you know, and, and so the a couple of times it was a little frustrating and I'm like, listen, you, you have to admit what your lifestyle, what would it cost you to have no sacrifice in your lifestyle, but maintain your body. It's not going to happen. You, you want something is going to have to give to, on some level. You're going to have to do something to make these things work. And it was nice that after, it took a while, though, of, of her trying to stick to, you know, a bit more meticulous tracking during this lifestyle. And then those two things were butting heads and you had to kind of pick on some level. But she got to a point where like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to cut once a, once, maybe twice a year. And then I, maybe I'll do it like a, this super flexible, unintentional, very loose gaining phase, which is cool. That's something that I'm, you know, she's like has a muscle building aspiration too. So we just kind of lean into that. But yeah, I think it's about, like you said, just being open and honest about expectations and reality. That is such a fantastic example of what, of what coaching can do. Like the way you through observation, self-awareness, like all, all of that, you were able to take the shame out of that cycle for her and use, and, and now it, now it's intentional. And that may even subtly change the way she behaves or the choices that she makes when it's not coming from like a, Oh, I'm just, well, here we go again, back to my old, you know, it's about things being a choice sloppy. That's a word we see all the time now, oh, my old sloppy ways or whatever. And that is, that's exactly what I was trying to explain with the accountability as coaches. That's such an awesome, awesome part of what we do is showing people modeling for people, how they can talk to themselves. Right. And, 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 taking all of that shame and self-judgment out of behavior, getting curious about it, understanding like she doesn't have to give up all, she doesn't have to give up that lifestyle. Now her goals work with her instead of having this huge dissonance of like, I'll never have what I want because of these, of these other values I have of like my relationships and going out and having a lifestyle that I want. That dissonance doesn't have to always have to exist. Right. And I think we're in a, in a unique position as coaches to create context for these situations, right? It's like, you know, Heidi and I, and perhaps you, Jordan, like we allow ourselves like a certain range of expectations around 
the weight that we maintain, right? Like if you, like we have one of our coaches, she is pretty good because she doesn't really want to track super heavily to be able to give herself about a 10 to 15 to 20 pound range after she does a deficit. She's like, I'm kind of good there. It's like, there's like a little bit of like a relaxation. There's a little bit of a sweet spot. There's a definitely like an upper end of my discomfort, but like, I'm pretty aware that this is probably where I'll end up trending because I want to live more flexible. Right. And it's like, you can't expect to maintain rigid results with a flexible lifestyle. So it's like, if you want to maintain these rigid results, like within like this little radius and like the, how flexible you are with yourself is part of that context. It's like, if you are only okay within like a three pound range, then your, your actions have to match that kind of rigidity. Right. But if you're like, Hey, five to 10 is roughly where like, I'm kind of good with then allow yourself that five to 10 flexibility. Yeah. And, and if you, and if the range you give yourself is creating a ton of negative emotions and discomfort, you could also consider changing the range with when, with which you choose to put your self-acceptance. Right. It's about finding a lifestyle you enjoy that, that ma- you have two parts of the scale and they're not always directly anti one another, but it's like the lifestyle I live, the body I live it in. And I'm not saying that it's totally one running counter to the other, but as your lifestyle, like, improves in the sense of like, I'm more flexible. I think about this less. I have a more robust social life. I don't think too much about how I eat. I don't stress exercise too much. As that goes up, guess what? The other one comes down or the the ease of achieving the other one comes down. And like you said, if you're like, hey, I have a three pound window that I need to keep myself in, that is you having real high expectations of a goal that you want that mm-hmm. also is going to cost certain things. And I think we've all, you know, we, we have so many, between the two of us, so many sound bites of like, your life is probably happier with 500 more calories and six to 10 more pounds, um, because that's gonna allow you to live the balance of lifestyle and aesthetics that's gonna make you the happiest. You know, your leanest body's not your happiest life. We could go on, but I don't know. I just, this idea of it's not, I, I'm not gonna have to, I wanna get to a point where I don't have to try as hard. Yeah, that's a, that is a fine goal, but don't be surprised if you undershoot that goal with the, like from an effort perspective, don't be surprised if it takes effort. I mean, we are getting fatter every year as a planet. It's not like there's like, it's not like, it's, it's, it doesn't seem weird for me that you'd have to try kind of hard maybe, or more than zero or more than you think. It doesn't, you know, it's because it's a lot of times because our followers, they're like in the fitness world, whether they've just gotten in or they're starting to dip their toe in this fitness space and they're around a lot of people who are fit. And it's like, almost like, oh, well, they're not, it's probably not super hard for them. Like, you know, maybe I'll get to that point. Yeah, maybe you will, but it's, if you don't, don't feel bad that it's costing you some effort. That is more normal. We are, this is not intuitive, an intuitive thing to do and remaining lean, aesthetic, whatever word you want to use, is going to take fucking work, especially if you didn't grow up in a family that made this super easy for you. You didn't have, you're not blessed with good genetics. You're not blessed with a good up, like the perfect upbringing with the perfect parents. And oh my God, there's just so many things. I was like, it's going to take some effort. It's not intuitive. Well, totally. And even if you have the perfect, the perfect setup, our brains are wired. Motivational triad is avoid pain, minimize effort, seek pleasure. That's your brain's default modus modus operandi. It's always looking for those things, right? So to your point, from your brain's perspective, any kind of paying attention, any kind of effort goes against our brain's natural default. So don't, don't be surprised if you're, if you're meeting resistance. I mean, that's a, in a way what we're doing on every level here is resistance training. Let, let's, Can we just address oh, go, real go, quickly, just for those listening, like, you know, how do we answer the question? Like, well, what about these people I see on Instagram? They stay lean year round. Like, I think it'd be important to kind of like speak to that a little bit. First of all, you don't know that you're actually looking at 17 photo shoots worth of images. Dude, first totally. of all, there are definitely people that I've seen that have 
stage ready, stage lean, end of cut, they go out and they take tons of pictures, right? It's, it's you're creating content for the year, right? Mm-hmm. So let's first take that. And then also everyone who has some kind of body image slash fitness aesthetic type lending career or page also is aware of their angles, aware of how to dress themselves, aware of Photoshop, filters, good lighting. I mean, it's part of the job. Mm-hmm. So I think there's, you know, it's kind of like when you would see like star or us weekly and it's like stars are just like us. And like, they take out the trash, you know, like they wear flip-flops, they don't have their makeup on. It's like, this is the real life layers. You're probably not seeing on Instagram. I mean, yeah. yeah. Are there people who are genetically blessed that can stay lean year round? Absolutely. For sure. They exist, but they are not the majority of individuals that are dieting. Well, totally. And I mean, to that point, it's like, I'm not a hundred percent vulnerable on Instagram. Right. So it's like, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that anybody is. So just to the, yeah, Jordan likes himself context. a good like, the, beach, Sandy beach filter every now and again. Oh, I'm a big Bahamas. Bahamas is the goat. Bahamas, you can't, you could Bahamas is the day one Instagram filter. And then they're coming out with, I'm like, listen, we keep it, keep it classy with the Bahamas. Everyone looks good with a little sun I've kiss. I've never done Bahamas. Hey, oh, Bahamas is the goat. Preaching, preaching to the choir here, my friend. Can, can I just, on, on the, on the like angles thing, literally, 10 minutes before we started this podcast, uh, Jenna and I, Jenna, Jenna like was like doing, uh, she's was in a cut. She's in maintenance now. And she was like, wanted to do some update photos and just like, just for herself, whatever. And she sent me a picture that she was very, that she looked very good in. And I, she felt that she looked very good in that picture. Um, and we were both like, oh shit, like this is a picture looks ridiculous. looks amazing. Literally five minutes after that, we walked Callie outside and Jen was like, Hey, can you take a couple of pictures of me? Maybe we'll just, I'll have some content for Instagram or whatever. And I, you know, I'm not, I'm always down to take photos. I'm just not good at helping you make them like, like touch them up. Like not after the fact, but like, Hey, move your arm here or fucking let's set up the lighting. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm happy to take the photos. So I was like, go stand over there. I'll take some photos, took a million photos. And she was like, I don't like them. They don't look great. And it was literally five minutes apart. One that was like, holy crap, I look amazing. And two seconds later, oh, I don't, these aren't good enough to post. And so we all talked about like that, just that feeling. We just, that we took a minute and we were like, let's pause for a second. And like, let's just like look at this and then analyze that this is an interesting thought. Um, and that is what I was going to say. I thought I had another note on that, but that was really what I was going to say. There. But no, but that, I feel like that's such an important thing to share, right? It's like, we all have fluctuating emotions and fluctuating relationship with our, with our body image and the way we feel like our life is going in a lot of different ways. Right. But the acknowledgement, the noticing of it, instead of just blindly reacting to like, Oh, I don't feel, I don't look as good at that as that picture. I've like, so now, now that that has like triggered that belief in my brain, all I'm going to see is the evidence of how I suck now and how I was better before and how I'm not going to be good enough. And like, until I get back there. Right. Whereas instead, like you said, noticed it, processed it. Sure. She talked it it out with you. Right. And that's, that is confidence. It is not the lack of those experiences. It is knowing how to support yourself in those experiences. Well, and that story is fantastic because so many people are so obsessed with how they look in pictures. It's like, Oh, totally. Have you ever destroyed? Like, have you ever concerted for a second that that's just not a good picture of you? Period. And even if and even whatever you are, you are, you exist as a person. It's very fluid. You are, you know, some people are like, well, I only look good. Like when I make this exact pose in this lighting, it's like your whole, like your, what you look like and who you are, it's all very fluid. It's like, you just, I don't know that, that, that to me is like, I, we laughed because we were like the Instagram is made up of these moments of, I looked good in this photo. I'm going to post it. I didn't look good in this one. I'm not going to post it. And I'm, I'm going to just a quick soundbite here is, is I am year, I am lean year round. 
I'm going to say it. I am lean year round. Guess what? You would fucking hate my life. That's it. Like there's like, I am lean year round. And guess what? It takes work. Now to me, it takes less work because of a lot of self work on what's important to me and my value hierarchy and the trade-offs I like making and what makes up my best life. I'm lean year round. Guess what? I have single digit alcoholic beverages per year. You know, I am lean year round. Guess what? I cook 95% of my meals. Now those to somebody might sound like a lot of work to me. They don't sound like a lot of work because I've chosen to do them based on what I find is to be, you know, the pros and cons, juice worth the squeeze, all that stuff. Um, and so, you know, we talk about like the people that you want to look like live a life you'd fucking hate, but, but the truth <laughs> is like, there are people who are lean year round. We're not talking about unrealistic goals. We're talking about an unrealistic expectation of a goal of what that goal costs. And so I'm lean year round. So you fucking hate my life. Nobody wants to live my life. You know, there's a reason that, that Jenna and I are, have, have, you know, have a life that we both really enjoy together because we have similar in this context value hierarchy. And so, you know, there's, it's not these people that you were talking about who are in lean year round and to them, it is easy on the easy side of the scale. That doesn't tell you anything about it, what it would be like for you to, to put, to, to do that stuff, to create that level of leanness year round. Like you, if I list out my life and we swap and we do this, like what's the movie with uh, Ryan Reynolds and Jason Bateman, the switch up or something, the change up. Oh, and they like I live the other, you fucking, Friday, but yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say most guys would be like, I'll switch with Ryan Reynolds. Oh, I'll switch with Ryan Reynolds in a second. He's the, gives us all, all Jewish men hope. Um, and, <laughs> and, uh, my point is that there's like these, uh, there are people that, that live that utopia that you're talking about, but that's because they've chosen their utopia. That is for them, their utopia, not because the external is perfect, but because their external matches up with what they want to do on a day-to-day -day basis. And yours well, right, totally. And like Ryan Reynolds is probably also lean year round. You can hate him all he wants, but he's Ryan Reynolds. I mean, he goes home to play Clively for crying out loud, right? What? Like the best part of that Adam project movie was, I don't know if anyone saw it, but like so when you, good. that little boy sees him and he's like, I get abs. <laughs> <laughs> like when I get older, it's like, that's the thing, right? Like he is genetically blessed. Yeah. I'm like, why and are it's we his not job to, And it's his job to look, to look like that. It's his well, part totally, of his job. Right. And what do they not like? And, and comparing yourself to those people and what, and the difference and just overlooking the differences in your lives. Like that's completely unfair, right? Like if a, a sedentary 50 hour a week desk job or a, a like this one comes up a lot with moms where you know they're trying to hit they're trying to hit their macros but their kids want to go out for ice cream or there's a birthday or something like that and then you have this like this dissonance of like well should i be a what kind of example am i saying you know whatever it's like there's a lot of this is where it can get kind of messy with your goals whereas if you if you're realistic about what you can achieve right like then it can it can take a lot of the shame just like you were talking about with that client when you realize like the juice is the juice worth the squeeze well how much how much potential juice do we have <laughs> right like getting kind of realistic and clear about what it is that you want what your lifestyle and your dieting history and all of that can can actually really support <sighs> i i find that there's an overwhelmingly high percentage of my content lately that could be summed up in a sentence of do what the fuck you want to do as long as you're making an informed decision it's like every piece of content i'm making these like rant reels that we were talking about before and like all of them end up in a as long as you know what you're doing and as long as you feel good about the trade you're making whether it's time or money or effort as long as you feel good about that trade i just made one about like you, it's okay to do exercises that are not optimal for hypertrophy if you like them. And I did it right at, and I, had, I just literally 
right before that, I made one about, you know, we, we've had this discussion of does your training need to be fun? You know, like results are fun. And they're like kind of counter arguments of like results are fun, but also make sure you're enjoying the process even if it's not optimal. And it's like, as long as you come to me and you're like, hey Jordan, I wanna do this thing and I feel good about the stuff I have to trade for it. That's fucking awesome. I literally don't care what that is. And it's, or I don't wanna do this thing. I don't like what it's gonna cost me in terms of change, effort, time, money, whatever, you know, <laughs> mental, whatever. Like. That's it. That's all. It's literally all I want in the world for people is just to think about what they want and think about what that thing's going to cost and look at that and, and be objective. And you don't always get it right 100% of the time. Sometimes you think something's worth it. It turns out not to be, but you grow and you learn more about yourself and what you find is important and what you don't want to give up. It's just like whatever you do, man, just be, be okay with what that costs and live your best life. Right. And that clarity is the opposite of shame because shame is what tells us like you should do all, you should be able to do all of it. It shouldn't hurt. It, it should get you exactly what you want. And if you didn't, if you don't have that, then there's something wrong with you. And have you ever even asked or like, are your expectations realistic for your life? Like I, because there's a lot of times people are like, Oh, I want to enjoy my weekends and not track, but still be in a deficit. It's like, is that, is it possible? Sure. Is let's, it realistic? Well, what are your weekends let's, like? Let's stay like, with that. Your now. weekends, yeah. Jordan, my weekends, Heidi's weekends are probably not the same as your clients' weekends, right? Like, I mean, my weekends never include drinking, but yours might. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's like, I think, is it realistic for you to expect that? Yeah, let's stay with that because I want to ask you guys a question. And it, it's it's exactly in that scenario of... All right, let's use a, let me think of an example. It's like a client, uh, I want to, you know, you get, you'll probably get this in the Q&A box tomorrow and it's, uh, can I have a cheat meal at maintenance, let's say. And like, how, how like what's, what's your answer to that? <laughs> My, well, I mean, we, we didn't go two ways. It's like how I feel about cheat meals and also- Totally, like, 100%. I, I'm using that word like, intentionally, right, why can't you annoyingly. Whatever you want in maintenance is what I want to know. Like, what, why, is there, why is there a need for a cheat meal in maintenance? Like maintenance, you, uh, I mean, what, unless you're having- Cheesecake Factory, <laughs> the whole day to yourself, plus an app, plus breakfast and lunch, like as like a cheat day. Yeah, you probably can't fit that in maintenance. But also, that wasn't the expectation, was that? <laughs> I think. Well, the, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll go after. No, it, yeah, we're probably probably along the same lines. It's like, what? What is? I want to know the other half of the sentence. Can I have this? Can I have a cheat meal in maintenance? Let's just skip over the fact that we're calling it a cheat meal, totally. which you know, not, we don't like. But yep, anyways, same. whatever. It, and and what? And maintain or or what? What is what is the expectation that you're asking for permission about? Does yeah. that does that make? Yeah, it's a little clumsy wording, excellent. but it make what makes sense. No, it makes total sense. I use the word cheat meal on purpose to signify somebody who's might not be thinking about this. In, in the in the most optimal way and so the answer is i don't know can you you know like the the answer is like <laughs> I, I like and you, can you maintain and guess what if again well, let's ignore the cheat meal i probably should have said something else just for better context <laughs> but let's ignore that the verbiage here and and i don't know can you and guess what if you do have one day where you um you know purposefully like like intentionally permissively binge then and your goal is to maintain, it's gonna take less food on other days. So it's just like, a, can I come, Can I have a couple of like, like uh, meals where I eat very highly palatable foods at maintenance? Maybe if the calories end up a adding up to, like maybe you can, and Heidi totally. made up a great point. Can you do it? Yeah. What if it costs you very slow over time weight gain? Would you still do it? Maybe yes, by the way. Maybe it's like, oh, that's part of my best life. Over the next year, maybe I gain five to 10 pounds, but I've had such a good, fun, flexible life 
that that's a trade you're willing to make. And it's like, can I have a cheat meal? It's like, I don't know, can you? Is it, is what's gonna happen if you do? Is it gonna lead to a combination of aesthetics and lifestyle that you enjoy? Or is that balance gonna be thrown off for you? Because it, well, that's what matters. Totally. Yeah. yeah, and like, what's your definition of a cheat meal? Like somebody might be like, I had a smoothie. I had a, <laughs> yeah. I had a rice cake. I had a chocolate <laughs> rice cake. <laughs> like, I guarantee, like, I actually think we did this question or I think you asked it like maybe in one of your check-ins one time. It's like, well, what would your death row meal be, right? Like in my mind, like a death row meal is like your cheat would be your like ultimate air quote cheat meal, right? Mm -hmm. We all have different ones. And some of them might actually be within your calor caloric range or actually quite under depending on what it is, right? Like, totally. But, I mean, all like all the questions you need to ask yourself, but I do, it's like, well, yeah, well, why can't you? And then also, what is it? What is your definition of a cheat meal? Well, absolutely. And then just going back to, to the cheat meal, like that, that description, if you are, if you're showing up to an untracked meal with this idea that like, you know, you should be able to have whatever you want and not, and not see any results for it. That's going to create one sort of behavior. If you're showing up thinking like, Oh, this is, this is so bad. I'm effing everything up. This is going to be the last time. So I, I better, you know, cash all in on this cheat meal. Use the thoughts that you have create the way you're going to like inform the way you're going to behave. Oh, yeah. Whereas if it's like, yeah, you know what? Every once in a while I have an untracked meal. That's okay. I'll just, I'll just add a walk in in the morning if I feel kind of bloated or I'll make sure I'll hit the water tomorrow. I'll check in with myself and see how I feel. But absolutely. I want to live a lifestyle where everyone's every so often, whatever that means to you, I have an untracked meal, but I'm watching my data over time. And, and, and I'm in the driver's seat of what's happening. Right. It's, it's intentional. It's totally. It's a finish the sentence, right? Cause like, yeah, I actually love that you brought it up. Cause that's definitely one that we hear a lot. Like I want to be able to eat a couple untracked meals a week, but not have it affect my weight. Or I don't want it to, I don't want the scale to go up. It's like, uh, it's just a math problem. Yeah. yeah it's, this is just a math question is I want to have yeah. a couple. Okay. Totally. I'll always say that and clients like, can I have an untracked meal or one per week or both on the weekend? So uh, maybe, maybe you can, maybe, why don't we try and see? And if you try and weight goes up, then maybe you confront that feeling of do, am I okay with this? And if you're not okay with it, we do something about it. It's like, I don't know. Totally. And I, this untracked meal discussion is an interesting one because I actually think if you, you know, it's important as a coach, you're just asking kind of why, what's the motivation for doing something. If I have a client who's like, hey, I'm I'm tracking at maintenance, which I find important, which I enjoy doing, but I also enjoy the occasional time where I don't track. Now, is not tracking leading you to make, what's the headspace in this situation when you've decided not to track? Is it so that I can take a break from opening the app and that I can maybe not feel weird and which we can, there's so many tangents after this, but maybe there's a, somebody know, who's right? like, maybe there's somebody who wants to order something that normally is difficult for them to track because it's like a convoluted order. It's like got a million different things in it or whatever. And they just don't want to think about it, but it's not leading them to a last supper mentality. Um, I think that that's totally, I, that's what the life I live right now is I track most of the time, but occasionally I'm like, you know, we're at a place where I just really don't feel like either itemizing this out or even making a, a guesstimate, even though making a guesstimate won't cost me a ton of time and effort. It's just something I'm going to be like, okay, I'm not going to do this this time. But it's, again, it's the coinciding headspace. That's most important. Yeah. Agreed completely. Yes. What else we got on, on this comparing ourselves to other fitfluencers, I think was a topic that we were going to have, but I think we did cover that a little bit. Um, hmm. What else do we got here, guys? I think that there's just like, they think that it's a, a healthy balance as a coach and content creator to like talk about what we do that helps make things a little bit easier for us, but also know that not everyone has to do those things because not everyone has to want what we want or is in the place that we're at to make the trades yeah. that we make. And 
Um, well, yeah. And what is your relationship with these different things that you want, right? Like what is your relationship with the effort you're putting towards your goals and your relationship, I meaning your thoughts and feelings towards the thing, right? Like these quote unquote healthy habits, do you actually enjoy them? Right? Like it's great that if you know what you want, that's great, but we can't ignore the process on the way and how that all feels because I mean, you're you're creating your mental result in the process right so if you really want to feel good when you get to whatever goal is you have you need to practice that has there ever been has there ever been a goal that we've and entitled is the right word has there ever been a goal that has been so disconnected with hard work like there's nothing that like if you want to be if you want to be successful in school or you know learn a craft like it's so obvious the connection between being good at this thing it looking effortless and all the effort that went into it i mean there's that stupid picasso quote of you know that he like draws the drawing on the napkin for this lady and then tries to charge her a lot of money and he's like well you're not paying me for the five minutes you're paying me for the 20 years of learning to do this and it's just like, has there ever been such a disconnect? I'm not saying people don't know that this is hard. I'm sure they do. On average, people understand that this takes work, but it's almost like they're like, yeah, yeah, I know it takes effort. It takes effort. And then when it comes time to like put forth the effort, they're like, what the hell is this? You know, like I can't, I can't, you know, uh, it's like the, everything I'm thinking about. If you want to learn an instrument, if you want to learn to get better at a sport, if you want to do better in academics, it's something where you're like, I understand there's a direct correlation between the work and the time that I sacrifice to, to focus on this thing. And then it comes to like eating. And, and this, I think it does come down to the fact that eating is, has so many non-biological drives, like th things that don't have to do with hunger. It's such a it's part of community and culture and, you know, uh, sensation physiologically, mentally. There's so many other reasons to eat other than just being hungry and trying to be healthy. And so that that, that is answering my own question where I think that it becomes a little bit muddy. Um, but it's just interesting that it's like one of these things that so many people want, but there's still, it's still something yeah, where we have a dissonance here. That goes into the cap of like, and we should probably just wrap it up with this one is like the ease entitlement, right? Like I think people, a lot of people believe like if I've done it before, it should be easy. Like I've counted macros before, no biggie. Why is the weight not coming off the same way? Right. Or I was uh, thin before or exactly. Or I like, I enjoy exercise. Why don't I have muscles yet? It's like, okay, mm -hmm. well the correlations are not always the same. Like it's like this ease of like, oh, but it should be easy. Like I've done it before or, or I've seen them do it or they did it in this amount of time or this person has it. Like it's, it, there's such a, there's so many things like that are hidden inside it that you don't believe. Like, like some, you know, a lot of times we get clients that say things like, I, you know, I want a lifestyle where I don't have, I'm not overweight and I don't have to diet or track or like, you know, I want to live a healthy lifestyle without, you know, with like exercising now and again and enjoying walks and doing yoga. And it's like, okay, you can have all that, but like, what's your definition of this lifestyle? Like, is it a lifestyle? Is it Jordan lips lifestyle? Cause that's not going to get you that you can't occasionally do yoga and stay as lean as Jordan lips year round. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's like, where where is this entitlement of this lifestyle that you don't have to put any effort into? Well, I mean, I guess it's to me, I feel like it is it is always somehow related to shame, right? Like this, this not this um, should have already mastered everything should be this way. And shame quickly turns to blame like it should it shouldn't you know, I wouldn't be here if I didn't gain the baby weight or it's this person's fault or it's my like life circumstances fault or whatever. Um, whereas I think again, reframing your, um, relationship with yourself, with accountability, with your goals, all of that. I, as I was looking at those definitions earlier, one of like the lower definitions for expectation, they, um, they used an inheritance right? Like you're, you, I thought that was an interesting one too, because I think sometimes the things that come easy, we don't always really appreciate. So then we become 
in, entitled or take them for granted. And then when they're taken away from us because we were never grateful in the first place, I think we just fill that gap up with shame. I mean, I know that I would have, I would love to be independently wealthy, right? Or like have come into some great inheritance. And like, so we have people like that that exist that like maybe didn't have to do any work for it, but mm-hmm. the effort came from the person who gave you the money. Like, so there's got to be work on some end. Totally. Somewhere. Totally. Hmm. Thoughts, Jordan Lips? Thoughts for p- putting a pin in that for a future episode as Ka- Callie's demanding that we go out for a walk at this current juncture. Fantastic. That means you're going to see us again. So is my bladder. So Episode six. <laughs> episode 600. Can we just do a weekly? Are we going to fuse into one one podcast at some point? Oh my gosh. It would be... Do you guys need a, just don't a third co We should, out in front we of should us. start our own like red table. We should call it like the protein table or something. <laughs> <laughs> the buffet table. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, we'll you can oh, sit the buffet us. table. You can sit with us. You can sit with us. Oh. Oh, we do have a cafeteria. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. We wanted to like do a podcast called the cafeteria, but like fit, fit. in the middle. Yeah, fit. Yeah, good play on words. Yeah. Yeah. No, nothing's good unless it's a pun, in our opinion. <laughs> All right, All right gang. Let's we'll end it on that note and I'll see you guys soon. We'll chat in a bit. Okay. All right. Promise. All the things. Hold on. Let's take a screenshot real quick. This is for, since I only have, we only have one picture with you and we can't reuse it all the time. Okay. All right. Here we go. One, two, three. Thanks, JL. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Where Optimal Meets Practical. If you liked the episode, it would mean the world to me if you posted a screenshot to your social media or left a five-star review on iTunes. That stuff really helps. If you ever want to get in touch with me, just shoot me a DM on Instagram at Jordan Lips Fitness. I'm always around to chat. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.